0: Today on Gamerhead Radio, it's clobberin' time! Gamerhead Radio starts now. Gentlemen of Gamerhead Radio, I am Viking Jesus Mike Niemitz, the world heavyweight champion in this particular room. What? What? what was that? Uh, that that was a uh, that was one of CM Punk's trademarks. He's a wrestler, but that's the thing. He stole that from the thing. Well, yeah, he's a comic book nerd. He's a wrestler who's also a comic book nerd. There's He's got like, the Cobra Commander logo tattooed on his left right bicep. I mean, that could be, a like, a dude bro thing.
1: No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't, don't you dare call CM Punk a dude bro. I'm pretty sure both Goat and I... Okay, maybe I'll <laughs> gang up on you. <laughs> um, and, of course, over in this corner, the light heavyweight champion, Goat. Light heavyweight? Well, yeah. Never mind. I don't... Never yeah. mind. Uh, that's under 220 pounds, but then which why is I... just lightweight. Because that, that, that does, there, there's a there's a lightweight underneath that. That's like okay. 100, under 100. Never
2: mind, forget I asked.
0: <laughs>
3: I prefer cruiser weight if that makes you feel better. <laughs> oh man!
0: <laughs> and over there, he's the pony champion. <laughs> well, okay. Technotronic on himself. Charlie Worthley.
2: I'm going to do everything I can to not drag out this episode by asking all of the... (laughs) Every time a wrestling reference is made, I'm going to be like, what? I don't what." I'm just going to try and just hold it back, because otherwise this is going to be a four-hour episode. We just don't have time for that.
0: Wikipedia. Apologies, folks, if we're... uh, if At least me, possibly Goat, definitely not Charlie, uh, is talking in wrestling terms today. Um, But WrestleMania is, as soon as we finish recording... um, And I'm excited. Goat's excited. Charlie is going to be groaning nonstop while we're watching it.
3: Um, No, apparently Charlie's going to be reading his Wikipedia the entire time.
1: (laughs) What did you say?
3: Oh my god, I don't even have that page. Uh, (laughs) Who wrote this page? Oh god. Anyway.
0: um, Big week coming up ahead. uh, Penny Arcade Expo is happening in PAX East, I think. Probably. Yeah, PAX East. If not, then show this episode again during the summer
2: um <laughs> can pax, we please get a pax central like i need a pax in chicago I go a, to there PAX. is a
0: rumor about that did you see that no i did not see that There, there's a there because the guy who runs all the business stuff for penny arcade mm-hmm. robert Koo or coo or whatever however you pronounce his name um so in his office he has three clocks that are the different time zones for the three current pax things between pax prime pax east and pax australia and mm-hmm. He tweeted a picture of a fourth clock with no logo next to it that had the central time zone on it.
2: Well, that's a pretty uh, wide-open possi- area of possibility there, but I'll take the, I'll take the hope. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, PAX Central may be a thing at one point. It's going to be PAX
0: Louisiana or something. No, no, as
3: long as it's not PAX Detroit.
0: <laughs> I don't think they do. Now, have you seen the Penny Arcade guys? They're even pastier white boys than we are.
3: So Pax Chicago, I mean, yeah, that's the only place I can go
0: without fear. Pax Rockford.
3: <laughs> Where's Rockford? I don't know. That goes back to Detroit.
0: <laughs> anyway, uh, in terms of games, Connect Sports Rivals comes out, and the third episode of The Wolf Among Us comes
3: out. Yes. Which I'm really excited about yeah. it comes
0: out on Tuesday. Um, they just announced that like two days ago, so yes. that's going to be really cool.
3: I- I'm ready to go down my wolf roller coaster because the last one was painfully slow going up that hill.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping this one is more, mm. you know,
3: actiony. But anyway, uh, GOAT, what did you play this week? Uh, let's see, this week I picked up Stick of Truth.
2: Yeah? And it's amazing. Now remember, hang on, we have two weeks of gaming to cover here. Because we haven't talked about last week's episode at all.
0: That's right. (laughs) By the way, guys, we hope you liked last week's April Fool's episode. Uh, We were pretty proud of it ourselves. Um, Okay, so, fine. Goat, what did you play over the past two
3: weeks? Well, this week I picked up Stick of Truth, Mm -hmm. joined the hell out of it. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It's everything I wanted and more. Yeah. And it's a turn-based RPG. So, like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Um, Last week, I attempted to play uh, Ground Zeroes. Mm Mm-hmm. Was not in the right frame of mind for it. Do not play that game tired or distracted. It will not work. No, you need. <laughs> you need to be all alert. Yes. you need to be in, in your, your top game. Yeah. Uh, and then, let's see. I think that's about it. I've been working a lot. Day job's been taking up a very substantial amount of my time, <laughs> which is for you is a good thing. Yes.
0: <laughs> Charlie, what did you play over the past two weeks?
2: I have been all over the map. So <laughs> I played the first, you know, well, the first and second chapter of. Um, Buried at Sea, the Bioshock Infinite uh, expansion slash uh, finale. I think you liked it, right? Uh, I... Or the second one, at least? <laughs> okay, so I I totally get the disappointment with the first one, mm-hmm. but after seeing what it was setting up for the second chapter... Totally worth it. Uh, totally on board. I loved every second of it. Cool. Um, well, uh, there, okay, there were a couple little nitpicky things that I didn't like. Um, I don't think it's too spoilery to say this, if you know anything about what Buried at Sea is about, but I'm both... So... Okay, I loved the original Bioshock, of course, yeah, and I also loved infinite, so with this expansion, I was expecting more of a conclusion and finale to infinite. Mm-hmm. What I got was more of a prequel to Bioshock mm-hmm. and so that's both a bad and a good thing. it's bad because it wasn't what I was expecting, but it's good because yay, more Bioshock right, so you know it's uh it's it's a uh, you know a very, very minor mixed bag of feelings there mm-hmm. um um. You know there's there's a lot i want to talk about without but that would be that would be being spoilery so so i uh, i will reserve that so did you, your plan work
3: then playing it all at once did work for you yes because okay.
2: yeah the, the first one the, the first chapter definitely did end on a cliffhanger and that cliffhanger would have would have killed me <laughs> um if i would have had to have wait the number of months that there was between the releases so i'm definitely glad i waited to play them together would you because... suggest
3: playing it all in one then
2: um well so okay well I, I okay so to answer your question i would suggest playing them together yes yeah. however What's interesting is that the first chapter of Buried at Sea took me about, I want to say, two and a half hours to get through, which I guess is average. Mm -hmm. The second chapter took me um, about six hours to get through. Yeah, there's a lot of meat there. Um, It's also worth noting that between those two things, um, the expansion for Bioshock Infinite took me longer to get through than the entirety of Call of Duty Ghosts. So if you're going to spend
3: 30 bucks... Buy the expansion.
2: (laughs) If you're going to spend any money at all, buy the uh, season pass and get both of them. Mm. And um, and then if you want to play some more Bioshock, then you also have the uh, uh, Clash in the Clouds um, Mm -hmm. arena expansion, the playthrough, which um, I did check out. um, The... The completionist slash collectible finder in me was interested because uh, the the gist of this is as you play through these levels you earn money and then you can use that money to unlock upgrades so that you can enable yourself to get better times through the levels like you upgrade yourself to uh, upgrade additional levels but then there's also a whole collector's room Mm -hmm. where you can up where you can unlock um behind the scenes stuff like storyboards like uh music um and then like character models Mm -hmm. in this in this gallery and um the first thing i did when i walked in there was i bought I had just enough money after my after my first playthrough of the of the one arena that I went through. I had just enough money to unlock the um, the uh, songbird replica and so which of course is a centerpiece giant hanging this this dramatic action pose in the middle of the room and i was just i spent a good like five minutes just like walking around it and looking at it just because it's you know you don't you don't get a chance to like really sit there and take in all the detail in the middle of the game because well he's trying to kill you so um you know it's cool to be able to actually like appreciate all the detail that they put into it but uh that's just way too much of a time sink for me so i'm not i'm not going to go back and do any more there but uh yeah the yeah i can't say anything more about it without getting spoilery but uh if if you enjoyed infinite and definitely even if you didn't play infinite Mm. i don't know how you could play the expansion because you kind of need infinite to get there but well you know even if you preferred the original bioshock over Mm -hmm. infinite if you have access to it play this expansion because the way it sets up everything for bioshock just really just sheds kind of a new light on that story and how everything came to be. interesting yeah um so let's see so there was that um I stuck my head in the doors of a couple different other games, so um, um, I'm uh, I'm concluding my.
0: <laughs> that, that was a really clever um, segue, by the way, considering everything that happened in Infinite with the lighthouses and stuff yeah. like that. So he's like, stuck my head in a bunch of different doors. Okay, anyway, continue. it wasn't even on
2: purpose, but I should <laughs> yeah. say that it was. Um I totally planned that. Um, but yeah, no, I um, so I play a little a little bit more of Spec Ops: The Line. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's it's, it's, it's a it's, game. It's a third-person <laughs> shooter. <laughs> um, play a little bit more of Sick of Truth. Um, that's become my playing upstairs with headphones on while I'm while uh, Michelle's is, Michelle's going to sleep game. Um, uh, let's see. I played a little bit of um, Syndicate, mm-hmm. which some people might be saying like, "What Syndicate?" Uh, uh, that's because um, I've realized that I have absolutely nothing on my radar coming up that I want to play that I won't be buying so i'm okay. go- i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna conclude my gamefly membership uh at least until i want to start it up back up again just for whatever yeah. reason um uh, but i have like three weeks of it left so i figure i'll just rent the cheapest game in my uh, i'm sorry the shortest game in my backlog that i had that i don't own yeah just get that from gamefly so i can knock it out just to you yeah. know so i use my membership for something and so right. syndicate supposed to be like another six hour game and so i picked it up uh and- I know you saw me playing it. You you mentioned that you really liked it. The gameplay, I'm a little, I don't know. I'm a little undecided I like, on it. See, I liked it, but
0: I liked it in the term of where it, uh, I don't know. I probably only liked it because they didn't really screw anything up. I mean, it didn't, like, wow me by, by any means, and GOAT is losing it right now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that is, like, the greatest, like, that needs to be, like, a, a point in reviews. I really liked it because they didn't screw yeah. anything up. Well, it's not great. But they didn't fuck
2: it up, so <laughs> it, it didn't make my eyes I thought, bleed. It, I thought
0: if nothing else, it was very well polished.
2: Um, Literally. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think they consulted with J.J. Abrams on this game. Um, Lens flare yeah. everywhere. But um, it, one of the things that's really messing with me is like you know, like your implants makes it so that like all the different things you look at, like get those little ID tags. When you get up to them, the ID tags go away. So constantly like, like I, I think every gamer out there at this point is used to like, when you see something shiny and sparkly on the other side of the room, it's probably something that you can go collect or pick up. Right. This is the exact opposite. (laughs) There's shine. There's like little things and tags and stuff popping up everywhere. And then you walk over and they go away. It's like, Oh, (laughs) so, That's uh, that's one interesting. They, they just did some weird things with the controls, like yeah. like running and then pressing the button again to like elbow through a door, kind of a thing. Like, yeah, it kind of weird. There's but... some odd control mechanisms there, but I'm 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 you know I'm gonna keep doing it at the very least. Um, uh, it, you know, because I don't hate it yet. It's just you know, it, see, it's not horrible. <laughs> it's not great, but I don't hate it. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like I'm when forgetting... you got six hours to kill yeah. and a
3: GameFly membership on the fritz. <laughs> syndicate. Yeah. <laughs> put that on the box. <laughs>
2: and I feel like I'm forgetting one or two things just because it's been a lot of, like, here and there over the last couple of weeks, but I'll leave it at that. Oh. Um, I've been grinding away at Tales of Vesperia. I'm uh, about
0: 26 hours in, and apparently I'm just under the halfway mark. Um, I asked uh, Dan, who's been on the show before. I mentioned this to Goat last week. Um, I asked him, uh, just like, okay, I just you know i'm I'm about eighteen hours in. I just beat this boss. I'm going here. Where am I and he's like, "You just beat chapter one <laughs> I'm like <"The>, w- one <laughs> how many chapters are there s- s- six <laughs> I haven't beaten Chapter 2 yet. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. It's going to be a while. Um, And then this week, in excitement for WrestleMania, I've been playing a lot of WWE 2K14, uh, mostly like dream matches that could have happened, like CM Punk versus Triple H. Go to like this. Any listeners that are also wrestling fans will like this. So one of the dream WrestleMania matches I did was a mixed gender uh, tag match. Punk and AJ versus Triple H and Stephanie.
3: Oh, nice! That would've been would <laughs> be awesome. It
0: was actually a really good match, except for the fact that Stephanie is like Attitude Era Stephanie, and she can't do shit. So, mm.
3: so nothing's changed,
0: right? <laughs> um, and then uh, at the show I had at the Crypt in Goshen, Indiana, a couple days ago, um, I played a lot of Soul Calibur 2 because they had an arcade cabinet for it, and I'm just like, fuck yeah, I love Soul Calibur, and so I, I, I fought a lot of the people there before my set and then they realized that I was performing and they were just like oh this, this deep kicked my ass at Soul Calibur earlier
3: so it was fun
0: but yeah, mostly Tales of Vesperia over the past 2 weeks because it's a JRPG and fuck everything.
3: It's project Cross like, all over again. Uh, it's
0: it's pro- it's probably <laughs> going to take me a full month to complete Tales of Vesperia, but that's okay because I put I I did it to myself and apparently it's the longest of the Tales games, so I'm well, getting it, get it out of the way. Getting it out of the way early. But anyway, that's what we did this week in games. Let's see what the industry did this week in games. <laughs> All right, so coming in at number five, uh, you guys may not remember quite as well the name GameSpy, or at least it'll ring a bell, but they're shutting down their services on May 31st. Uh, GameSpy, of course, the people responsible for the online services for a lot of popular games, such as Borderlands and Gears of War and stuff like that, um, the chances are if you played any console or PC game in the early to mid 2000s you probably saw their logo at the startup screen of the game
2: console games too yeah oh I didn't realize that
0: mm-hmm. I thought it was PC only no they uh, they also work with console games and stuff oh, like that actually. I mean they were more relevant on PC games right. because um,
2: and this is the dude that looked like a spy right Like yeah the, the logo
0: was like the logo was like your old style like you know he's got like, a Tracy style yeah, oh, yeah exactly yeah. And, and it was like a green logo and stuff like that um, they're shutting down their services on May 31st because honestly they've been a lot less relevant over the past few years because a lot of companies are choosing to have their own servers for their online stuff um, surprised somebody is not just buy them. I, I don't... See, I don't know. I can, I can see why they're shutting down. Like, they, really, I can't remember... I can't remember a game I've played in the past maybe year or two that used them. So a lot of companies really are just, like, moving on. So they're just, like, whatever, you know.
2: No, but that, that's my point. It's, like, because, like... You know, analysts probably, some analysts somewhere probably saw this coming with them you know, because yeah. they've become less less needed. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. And so, you know, but they, I'm sure that they have still like a team of people that are good at running servers and not to mention the servers for the online game. So I'm surprised mm-hmm. some company didn't just come along and just say like, hey, yeah, you guys are probably going out of business in a couple of months, right? Yeah, how about we just give you a million bucks and you're ours now? as opposed so they wouldn't have yeah. to develop their own, you know. Well
0: who knows? Maybe maybe they'll find jobs at like Epic or Capcom or whoever's like moving all their stuff over to
2: whatever. It wouldn't so. surprise me. I i it, to my memory, now I didn't really I haven't really followed the online PC gaming, you know, community as far as this kind of thing goes, but I've never heard like a um like a like a horror story, anything bad about GameSpy. So it seemed no. like it seemed like they, they knew what they were doing. It seemed like they they knew how to run a uh, you know a gaming infrastructure well. So yeah, I um, I would, I would hope, both imagine and hope that um, that those guys are able to get jobs at other places because it seemed, oh, I wouldn't it doubt seemed like it. they knew what they were doing. So I wouldn't doubt it. Good luck to them.
0: Oh well, well, uh, our best to everyone at GameSpy who's either losing their job or being eaten up by other companies. Hopefully, the latter. Even though I made it sound horrible. <laughs> um, coming in number four, I love this story because it's one of those "I told you so" stories. So, um, Square Enix, I I don't remember who, I didn't write it down, I probably should have. So, one of the bigwigs at Square Enix uh, said in an interview recently that Square should focus more on core JRPGs, like the old school kind of, like, Final Fantasy stuff, because uh, a little game called Bravely Default sold, like, crack-laced hotcakes on 3DS. Um, turns out... You know, the, the game obviously got released in Japan, and then we had to fight for it to be in America and stuff like that, and, um... <laughs> turns out, American gamers still like JRPGs... like we did 26 years ago when we made Final Fantasy famous.
3: <laughs> yeah. It's, um... It, so... It, look at... Look at Stick of Truth! Yeah,
0: even though it's not, uh, like, you know, it, but it's... But it still, it's still... It's, a, a, it's a the same kind of thing, thing. Of it. Yeah. 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 So... It's disorienting. Um... <laughs> Sorry, folks. I'm uh, I'm drinking from a horn, and it's kind of it's it's it's
2: it's different. Anyway, um, I would say that this is the first time I had seen you horny, but it isn't. Not touching that
0: one. (laughs) Not even Um, with a horn,
3: huh? Not even with your horn. No, I'm drinking from it.
0: (laughs) Um. (laughs) <laughs> when I read the interview with Square saying we're going to do more core JRPGs and our teams are going to be on it and stuff like that, all I could imagine was just every Final Fantasy nut, like me and Dan, and stuff like that, just going, "Thank
3: you!" Well, even I said that. I was like, "Wait, you're going to go back to what you did good and made money with? How long has it been
0: yeah. that we've been that uh, JRPG nuts have been begging for a remake of Final Fantasy six VI or seven? Since Final Fantasy 6 or 7 came out? No, no, you guys waited until 8
3: came out. Oh,
0: well, yeah, I mean, you know, gotta let the body get cold first. Yeah, you
3: were like, this is 8. You could have just made it 7 again. Why why didn't you do that? And it hasn't stopped since.
0: So, Square Enix
2: apparently finally making wise business decisions. No, I just hope that doesn't mean they stopped doing their other things. Like, Like, I liked Deus Ex. Like,
0: I like. Well, um, remember with Deus Ex? I mean, th- that was done by. How, did that, how the hell do you pronounce that company again? Edos, Eidos? Eidos? Eidos, I think. Eidos. Fucking it's, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um. So Square Enix publishes it, so that's oh, that's, yeah. that's not going to be that's not going away. Just their that's, main okay. like development studios, like right now they're working right. on um, Kingdom Hearts three and Final Fantasy fifteen.
3: No, no, Tomb Raider falls into that same thing as like Deus Ex. Yeah, right? they
0: were done. Uh, they were done by Crystal Dynamics, okay. which is which is also owned by Square. Yeah, so okay. that, yeah, that's just published. Okay. So
3: yeah, yeah, your Tomb Raiders
0: and your Deus Ex, are safe. Those, those are safe. Those aren't going.
2: So they're, they're, so they're still going to publish other stuff like they have been. They're just Correct. gonna. Yeah. They're just not going to develop in house stuff anymore that yeah. isn't.
0: Well, they're going to their in-house stuff is going to be focused more on like traditional, like JRPG, right. like yeah. turn-based, you know, whatever. So, cool. well, yeah, which I, I, I'm a fan I, of. You know, I think we good. actually
2: called for that to happen a couple of like some episodes ago. I feel like we've talked about this. So, ironically, thank you,
3: Square Enix, for yeah. listening to
2: us,
0: uh, <laughs> uh, Radio.
3: I, I like the fact that we just did a show last week in the heyday of that, and now we're right. going back to the heyday. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, I, I giggled at that, especially because I read that news story as
0: I was going over our episode again. I'm like.
1: Yeah,
0: okay. This is too good. Anyway, coming in at number three, we're just moving right along here. Uh, Adam Sessler, most notable for uh, being a loudmouth jerk at G4. I say that lovingly because I actually respect him very much. Um, <laughs> uh Left his post at Rev 3 Games. Um, he left a relatively vague Tumblr post on his t- official Tumblr. Um... Saying that after 16 years in the video game journalism industry, it's time for him to try to further the medium more. Um, saying that, you know, there's never a right time in order to part ways with anything that has become as natural as breathing, but it is the right time now. And he thanked anyone that uh, he worked with at Rev3 and such. Um, so, two, th- two things come to mind, first of all. Um, one, I was really sad because Adam Sessler. He's probably one of the few people I respect in the video game journalism industry because he's kind of like he he's he's one of the people I look up to because he's honest. He's know? definitely not afraid to say when a game sucks, right? And and he's not. Like, he's not afraid of, like, the community. Like, he knows that a lot of gamers hate him because he can be a little abrasive sometimes, and he'll just go with it anyway. Like, his game of the year last year was Gone Home, and a lot of people hated that because they didn't think Gone Home was, like, a real game. Like, some people didn't think Journey was a real game. So a lot of people, you know, called him, like, pretentious and stuff like that just because of that. Um, The other thing is apparently uh, Sessler is now president of... Uh, a company that's going to be used as consulting for like video games and stuff like that. Even though we we know absolutely nothing about this company that he's now president of, that he lists in his Twitter bio and stuff like that. But a quick search says it's like you know a consulting firm for something, and he's he just started it, which I I I I think that's interesting. It makes sense with his blog post that says he wants to try to further the medium and stuff like that, but I don't know. At first, it, did, it sounded like he didn't want to do video game stuff anymore at all when he said, like, you know, I've been in the industry for 16 years, it's time to do something different and things like that, which I was really
3: afraid of. It kind of, honestly, like, what I'm getting from it is he's almost trying to start, like, and this is obviously with zero to negative 1% information, but it sounds like he's trying to start, like, the Tribune version of video gaming, like video game news, like where he like, has a conglomerate, and it's like Sessler Co., and it's like all these companies below him that all work together. I can kind of see that.
0: The, see, see, the thing with Adam Sessler is that he, he's he been angry for a very long time about how like video game journalism has become, how a lot of it is just like PR stuff, and I agree with him to an extent, even though that's kind of it's 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 a double-edged sword for you know even us nowadays where you know you you're at the, we're at the mercy of the PR companies and then the PR companies if we don't cover them then they don't have a job you know it, it's like a it's a weird symbiotic relationship which is why a lot of people between video game PR and video game journalism switch back and forth between sides of the fence, um, and I know he I know he's hated that whole atmosphere he he was he famously. Uh, did a keynote, I think it was at GDC a couple years ago, um, where the entire, the name of the keynote was like, fuck Metacritic, or something like that, because he hated it, like, he was one of the first people to speak out against review scores, even he had, even though he had to give them a G4 and stuff like that, so, you know, and I feel for him, you know, you could, you could even tell, like, when he was on, like, X-Play and stuff like that, you could tell, like, everyone around him was just, like, just, like, didn't get it, except maybe, like, Morgan Webb, but everyone else he's just like oh my god all these people are just here because they look pretty.
3: <laughs> so, he was a voice and not a face.
0: Yeah, no, he he but yeah, he he was he was he was for a while I would have considered him like the top authority on like video game journalism and stuff like that even though obviously he's not
2: quite as relevant nowadays. Um for now at least, but you know I almost wonder because he's talking about doing consulting. I almost wonder if he wants to try and get into the business of actually consulting for video game makers. That's when, what I was wondering too. Yeah, be, like you know, because it, I, I definitely feel like, like, like you've said, like I, I respect his opinions. I respect his viewpoints, and it seems like he has a really good, honest. Uh, you know, I, I hesitate to use the word balance because that's that's very, uh, you know, that's uh, very. You know, that's very personal. Like, yeah. you know, what's, what's balanced to somebody's not balanced to somebody else. But right. um, it, it definitely seems like he has really good insights just in general, I, I guess, evenly across the board. And so I wonder He's, if... he's
0: good at being unbiased. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Th- there
2: you go. I like that. So I wonder if he's trying to get into the position of like if a, if a company's working on a game, if a is working on a game, and they're like, you know... We want we want to have somebody come in and audit this game for goodness. Yeah,
0: <laughs> there actually is a company that's similar to that. They're called Eidar. Mm. Um, I know this because one of the guys who used to write for Game Informer on IGN, Jim Riley, he works for EDAR. Okay, and they do exactly that. The, they do like mock like video game reviews and stuff like that. And I actually tried uh, looking into how to get a job with them before too, because yeah, they okay. they basically write reviews that aren't published. They write reviews specifically for like the people making the game.
3: Oh, insider reviews. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I. I thought that was brilliant so I wonder if he's trying to do something similar to that yeah. or, uh, which I would be all for you know if suddenly the video game industry like you know we start to have like a revolution of like all these games are so great now because
3: of people like Adam Sessler speaking up who clearly knows what he's talking about yeah I'm all for it oh man inside quality assurance that'd be amazing there you go
0: yeah so that'd you be really
3: crappy cool. games I would save money on <laughs>
0: There would, no, no, no. See, that's the thing. There'd be no more crappy games. They'd all be good, so you'd be spending more money.
3: No, there'd still be crappy games. There has to be. There can't be good games. On the the bad. ones that can't afford Adam Sessler to yeah. tell them that they're bad games. Just the bad games would be better than the current bad games.
0: I'm imagining in the future there's just going to be a stamp with Sessler's weird smiling face on it that says Sessler approved. <laughs>
2: I've got some Photoshop work to do when I get <laughs> home. You know, poke. you've said that so many times, yet I never see any results. That's because I have things to do. Uh-huh. Anyway, <laughs> coming in at
0: number two, called out, I, I <laughs> <my> <laughs> attention away from my
3: Photoshop, work. <laughs> or lack thereof. A, sh- shut up,
0: Groot. <laughs> Phil Spencer, the man most notable for changing his t-shirt six times during the last E3 conference for Microsoft.
3: That's an achievement. Emphasis,
2: <laughs> emphasis on t-shirt.
0: Well, no, he wore a blazer over it, so it's okay.
2: No, Oh, okay. <laughs>
3: He's always matching. The blazer never changes. The but t-shirt's is, just a little... Whenever I think of Phil
0: Spencer, I re- I'm reminded of... Um, do you remember those abridged videos of the press conferences and stuff like that? The video gamer did? I'm reminded of when they revealed the Xbox One and he came out. He was just in a t-shirt but he had two watches on. I'm reminded, I'm reminded of when Matt Lee said, I like to wear two watches so that I know exactly when to eat breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop laughing at
2: that. Anyway, poor Phil Spencer. Uh,
0: so Phil Spencer is now in charge of the entire yeah. Xbox yeah, brand. So not
2: so not not so poor Phil Spencer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Phil Spencer, of course, uh, very focused on getting great games on the Xbox One and uh, things like that. You know, in his first interview as you know the the mr big, Xbox the big yes mr. <laughs> Xbox I was gonna go I was gonna say the big cheese of Xbox but I like mr. Xbox better um, in his first interview as it he says I'm going to he's gonna be very games focused he's gonna be very driven to make sure that you know uh, that uh, games from all sorts of places are going to be on the Xbox one and they're gonna be great and I'm just like oh great but I'm still waiting for party chat to be stable on Xbox one
3: <laughs> they all say that I'm sorry I'm very I every time somebody comes in they're like I'm gonna do this we're gonna do this and I'm like yeah, you
0: know, honestly, of all people, I, I I kind of believe Phil Spencer because he was the, because he was the per, he was the person that said um, you know I, I don't remember who it was it was probably IGN or something they asked like how indie games arcade games and retail games would be split up on the Xbox One marketplace he and he was the person that coined the phrase games are games are games there's not going to be like a category or anything like that. And so far, that's stuck true. I mean, it's a little annoying because now I don't know, like, which price point it's into what, but now it's a little bit more like Steam, so I guess I can respect that. Um, So I believe Phil Spencer... I actually believe Phil Spencer when he says things like, you know, it's going to be very games-focused because he's also one of the kinds of people that actually tweets back at people who are asking him questions and stuff like that, and occasionally he'll tease the shit out of everything. Like, I remember a couple weeks ago, someone... I think I actually mentioned this on the podcast. Someone tweeted at him and said, "Hey, when are you going to announce that new JRPG that's Xbox One exclusive, being done by Sakaguchi, uh, referring, of course, to the guy who created Final Fantasy, who mm-hmm. does Mistwalker Games now?" Um, and Phil Spencer said, uh, "It's coming." I'm like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> Is this a thing? You know,
2: even if it was joking, that's awesome."
0: Yeah. So. Uh, so uh but I swear to god Phil Spencer you better not fuck this up
2: <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing too is that you know he's in charge of Xbox but he still has to answer to uh, Satya Nadella the new CEO of Microsoft now so taking that into oh, yeah, account, that's a thing yeah so so taking that into account um We'll get into this a little bit more in the next section, but um, one of Satya's, uh, you know, big things now is, is Steve Ballmer previously talked about the whole one Microsoft initiative and having like, you know, Windows and like all your devices and like having, you know, that'll be across the platform. And um, Satya's direction, he's kind of seems to be going in is, you know, making it like really like taking that a step farther. And um, so I forget where I was going with this, but (laughs) Um the, the the point here is that um you know Phil Spencer can say whatever he wants to say as far as Xbox is concerned but right. he also has to, he also has to answer to daddy and um <laughs> sounds it, dirty anyway it, Well <laughs> not saying it isn't um <laughs> uh,
3: so, so basically Charlie's saying Phil don't get grounded
2: <laughs> yeah that. Uh, uh, the, the the reason I bring this up to try and put my thoughts into words uh, um is um The reason I bring this up is because I think that he's going to be able to actually follow through on this based on the direction that Satya seems to be going in. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll get more into that in a second.
0: Coming in at number one, the long rumored Amazon set top box slash game console is a thing. Uh, Amazon revealed
2: Amazon Fire TV.
3: Worst name ever.
2: Could be worse. I think the Kindle Fire is enough of a well-known brand name at this point that keeping keeping the fire in there, I think, like literally and figuratively, yeah, keeping the fire alive. <laughs> um, the Amazon Fire TV
3: is a combination between like a Roku box. You came okay there. Oh, just the way you guys said that. Now I'm thinking like this is gonna go bad because now. You're going to come over, like, Charlie has this Amazon Fire TV, right? Is it that this? Yeah. That's the name we're using. God, it's horrible. <laughs> now, this opens up the door for you to be like, oh, is that your fire on TV? And he's going to be like, my TV's on fire, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and that's 1- going to be the
0: only reason Charlie will purchase yeah. one is to set up that joke. All I'm saying is 911 calls <laughs> are going to escalate as soon as this thing
2: launches. <laughs> In a completely non related non sequitur, I just have to mention this because it's funny that you say that. You have the Nest thermostat people, they came out with their, I'm going to figure out what they're called, but basically they're intelligent smoke detectors. Mm-hmm. And so they're internet connected. So, like, if your house catches on fire, they'll automatically call 911, all this other stuff. But one of the things that it can do is that if it goes off, so this is in the situation where, like, you're cooking and mm-hmm. your smoke detector accidentally goes off, you can, like, I guess, like, wave your arm at it to tell it, like, everything's okay, and it'll shut itself off. Well, apparently. So it's connect enabled? kind of sort (laughs) of but apparently in a very specific set of circumstances is what the press release is how the press release put it um the arm waving, like it could mis- misinterpret Mechanic? arm waving. So here's what I'm thinking. In certain situations, a person could be on fire <laughs> and waving their arms in the air, and the smoke detector think, oh, everything's fine, and shut itself off. <laughs> so they've, re- they've, they've turned off this feature remotely in the ones that are all installed and recall them until they can fix this particular problem. So just I had to mention that based on your joke because that's a thing.
3: <laughs> anyway... <laughs> That went way better than I (laughs) anticipated.
0: So the Amazon Fire TV is half Roku box, half Ouya, which seems like a really weird combination. Oh, but aptly put. Yeah, um, uh, the Fire TV will obviously be capable of things like you know, Amazon Prime Video and Netflix and fucking Roku.com. Uh, No, 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 no. no. (laughs) Um, but but it also play uh, Android games, and they made it seems to me like they made specific um, Attention to make sure that they kind of downplayed the Android games thing because they didn't want people to think it was just like a games console Even though they're releasing a
2: separate controller for it (laughs) So yeah, so here's the thing on that um so Amazon has formed Amazon Game Studios. So they have their own studio now, where they've hired in people from uh, from well-known games, like uh, one of the one of the writers from Portal, who I cannot not remember her Kim name. Right Swift. Now. Thank you. And um, and several other like rel- like 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 you know developers and writers and designers and people with real experience in the industry. They brought they brought these people in to help them make like real games. Yeah. And the hardware itself is is not too shabby for this. Um, it you know it runs a a quad core CPU, which is you know, kind of average um you know for you know comparative you know devices but it also has a dedicated gpu a graphics chip Mm -hmm. and so um you know it it, it did seem like they kind of downplayed the game side of things like in in just in their initial announcement Mm -hmm. maybe maybe you know just i think you're right just to set that initial tone they showed off some clips of uh one of their first exclusive games called a sev zero that's oh that's right zero um, looks pretty good. I mean, like it looks uh, better than a Wii game. I'll say that much. Um, Aww. <laughs> I mean, not a Wii U game, a Aww. Wii game. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, it, it is a ninety-nine dollar piece of hardware when you, uh, before you add in the forty-dollar you know controller, um, which is the
0: most uncomfortable looking controller I've seen in quite some time. <laughs> reviews say that it's decent. They say it's
2: nothing. They say it's. Functional. I can't go back from the DualShock Four. <laughs> <laughs> i'm I, for me the the 360 controller is still my favorite controller of all time uh. but anyways i digress um it, it seems like it's got the muscle in there to be able to handle this mm-hmm. and um especially with the talent that they're bringing in um i think i mean like this is not going to i mean the fact that it's 99 dollars, mm-hmm. and it seems like it's relatively decent hardware and the fact that um you know that they're going to have exclusive contents of decent talent behind it um, and they have Amazon's muscle behind the whole thing. Right. I mean, like, they're one of the few remaining companies out there that, like, has, like, the muscle and funds and, you know, it just sort of, like, presence in the in in the industry, yeah. I guess, to be able to pull off something like this. I think it has a chance of at least being, um, at least not not being a complete and total failure.
3: I just, the more you guys talk, the more I hear 3DO again. <laughs> well, a big, huge company. We're going to make a new thing and because we can we have all this money we throw at it it's a little
0: bit more what they're doing than panasonic did
2: well okay here's <laughs> here's where i here's where your analogy loses me it's it's not you know the 3do was like it's its own thing like if you wanted to make a game for the 3do you had to make a game for the 3do this just plays android games and well, yeah, so
3: we're all talking about different time Right. Well, we have that, a Steam Box now. We have the the oh, yeah, That's this, this Amazon box is th- that again. They're uh, not. They're not one of the big it's three. Kind of, it's kind of a hybrid between a couple yeah, of them. Yeah, But what I'm saying is, they're not one of the big three, and they're not a PC. So now we have all these like weird micro console thingies in there that are trying to be something, and, and they aren't sure what they are.
2: The You know, Amazon's approach to stuff like this is also always interesting, too. It's because whenever they come out with an entry into the hardware category, like when the Kindle, the original Kindle first came out, people were like, I don't, why are you doing this? Like, you sell books. Like, why are you getting in the hardware business? And then, you know, it became very clear as they, as the further generations of the Kindle went along and they dropped the price so much and they introduced like the advertising, you know, cheaper models of the Kindle and everything, it became very clear that the reason why Amazon hardware exists is so people can buy stuff on Amazon. That's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, if they happen to make money on the side, great. But I mean, Amazon's like, like you know, Google's primary business is advertising, right? right. And so the more people that are on the internet that use Google stuff, the more money that they're going to make from the ads that people see as a result. Right. And so it's the same thing with Amazon. The more, the easier it is for people to have access to buying stuff on Amazon, the more people are going to buy stuff on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And so it's entirely possible it's just that. Um, You know, and, and, you know, the the Google TV project was, I think, I think it's safe to say it it was, it was enough. It was, it was definitely was not a success. I don't know if I'd go as far to say it was a failure, but it definitely was not what Google wanted it to be. Um, And so it seems like the fire TV is trying to come in and like get into this space a little bit. Yeah. Um, but then it's also worth noting that it's all that it looks like at um, at uh, Google's uh, I/O convention, uh, at conference this coming summer that we might see a, a second attempt at that called simply Android TV. Mm-hmm. You know, some interface um, leaks have actually come out this last couple weeks, and it looks like it's also going to be able to do games and everything. Huh. So, you know, when you you know, the upside of Amazon stuff is that it's got Amazon. The downside of Amazon stuff is that it's not pure quote-unquote google and so it's kind of a you know it's kind of a double-edged sword there so when Go- if google comes out with a competitor to this thing in a couple months mm-hmm. it'll just be interesting to see where that goes but it definitely looks like you know we're getting into uh that the, that the flood of set top boxes and things like that is coming out but the one thing i can say for sure is that the Uya is in trouble because i don't know why anybody would buy an yeah, at this Ouya, point
0: rest in peace. <laughs>
2: I mean, I, I hate to say it because you know they—they it, it was—it was a great idea, like yeah. successful Kickstarter, like hey, everything seemed to be going great for them. I just think it might have just been really bad timing. I think they might be the Dreamcast of the set-top box console generation. That's oh. a
0: really accurate <laughs> analogy. <laughs> they like ahead of their time, not enough to compete with everyone who figured it out a, and went with it. You yeah. know, pretty much. So I agree. Oh well, kids these days, etc. We'll see where it plays out. <laughs>
2: Best of luck, Amazon. They're shipping out already. Yeah, Yep, they're already coming out. The reason why I brought up the Microsoft stuff before is because um, the other the other kind of like hardware related news thing that came out this week was that um, Microsoft announced at its build conference that it is releasing tools to developers so that um, they will be able to, uh, a developer will be able to write code for an app mm-hmm. that will work on, you know, it'll work on the uh, app store that comes in like Windows 8. It'll also work on Windows uh, 8 and you know further phones, and it'll also work on the Xbox One. Now this is huge because Because I can
0: finally use my James Hetfield soundboard. Wow!
1: Why did I turn Australian? Oh no!
0: (laughs) Scratch that. No, no, no. That's staying in. Of course it is. You
2: know what? The joke's not even funny. But keep going. (laughs) Um. So, uh, James Hetfield is always funny. So, the answer to your question is maybe, apparently, because it turns out that um that the Xbox One app Store is still going to be curated by Microsoft. So not so just because you write an app that will work on it doesn't necessarily mean that the Xbox One version is going to be able to be that you're going to be able to get at it. Um, but at the very least,, um, you know it's like you know the apps that we've seen so far in the Xbox one, have been, you know, they've been, you know, just the major first parties and, yeah and, and you know, they're, they're big third party uh, partners like, uh, you know, like the TV networks, like uh, Machinima and stuff like that. We haven't seen, like, you know, yeah. I don't even think it, have it, uh, so with some very notable exceptions, I don't think really uh, like any new apps have come out since since launch. There have been a couple, like just a couple, but not, yeah, uh, not no, very no, many. I, at mean, all. I
0: mean, a couple of them have been updated,
2: like the Twitch app was obviously yeah. updated so that you can broadcast, but other than that, nothing,
0: you know, right. nothing
2: major. So, um, you know, So, this is where I just was going back to before with, um, you know, it's like, you know, with Phil Spencer saying the Xbox is going to be all about gaming. At the same time, you know, Satya, well, uh, this was not his announcement, but Microsoft is also saying, by the way, you're going to be able to get all these cool apps on your Xbox One. So, Mm -hmm. that's not really going in the direction of where Phil Spencer wants to go with it being like a more games focused, you know, platform. But anyway, you look at it, I see this being a good thing.
0: Yeah.
3: The games are games are apps. Angry Birds for all. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, joy. And, apparently, VJ's, yeah, will be everywhere on his systems. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So that's the weekend
0: news. Gaming news, etc. Up next, Charlie has the floor for something uh, that he's apparently very passionate about. Okay, Charlie? I'm I'm giving the floor to you since you uh you, you have something important you want to address
2: apparently. So I want to talk about video game pricing. I want to talk to about be free. <laughs> so... Sorry, Fantasy World. No, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Hang on. Free. So there's two sides to this. To uh you know so I've got two two topics I want to focus on. Mm-hmm. One is I want to talk about the pricing of video games in general. Okay. And uh, so I'll start there and um. I've been thinking a lot about just um, how, uh, how, you know, the fact that video games still cost sixty dollars, mm-hmm. you know, fifty, sixty dollars, right? And I think, you know, it's it's one of those things where like sixty dollars still feels like a lot to me. Is for some games, yeah. Like when you're talking about like an eighty-hour JRPG, no, that doesn't seem like a lot at all. <laughs> but what, but you know, it's like when you're talking about uh, a game like Syndicate, for example, where right. it, it comes out and its sixty hours, you know, it's ten dollars an hour. I mean, that's you know i mean I, that's it's pay rate yes, yeah
3: <laughs> well we're today uh, yeah.
2: got the limited edition for 80 bucks <laughs> <laughs> so you know it's um i mean but I, I think it's i think it's worth noting that the that the, the amount that it costs to make video games at this point has increased grown increased substantially yes over the years and so you know i i think um you know i the, more what I wanted to say about this side of it is I was just curious to see what other people think, which is what we asked about in our mailbag, so we'll we'll, we'll get more on this topic later. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I really want to talk about, though, is something that I noticed um, a couple of years ago, which is when you first started being able to stream and buy um, digital movies and TV shows and stuff like that online. Yeah, And it hurt me in the beginning that... You could buy like buy or rent the standard definition version of a movie, mm-hmm. and it would be like three ninety nine right or the h d version of the exact same movie, everything's the same, just more bits, yeah for like five ninety nine mm-hmm. and it bugged me when it first started, and now I see this trend coming into video games i mean i've i've really I've, I've seen it for a while, but now that our you know our new our new slash current console generation is here, yeah. I'm seeing it even more, and it's gotten to the point now where i I want to talk about it and i want to know what you guys think about this mm-hmm. so Right here is a perfect example of the kind of thing that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, I was looking at um, at uh, Lego Hobbit, I think it is. Um, it's adorable, and uh, I think it's either twenty nine or thirty nine dollars on like PSP. Mm-hmm. It is forty nine dollars on um, on Xbox three hundred and sixty, mm-hmm. and it is fifty nine dollars on the Xbox One. Right. This is the exact same game, and more or less. Well, I mean. I, it's it is the exact same game between the 360 and Xbox One version, it right? Might, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. No. It, it might be limited on the on the on the PSP or whatever, but I I, I don't I don't think much because I've
0: I've played like well, le- well like the way uh, Lego Batman was I know um you know it was open world on consoles and then on, on the Vita it was and the Vita and the 3DS it was like straight like you know linear levels and stuff like that. Oh, okay, so it might be a little
2: different. Okay, so if if it's a little watered down, then I get the price difference, but I mean. There are so many things I don't understand between charging this a different amount of money for a game the exact same game on the 360 or the PS3 versus the Xbox One or the PS4. Right. Here's the thing that really that I really don't understand. Right now, Microsoft and Sony, they want you to be buying their new consoles. Right. Explain to me the sense of having these games come out and cost more on the consoles they want you to be buying.
0: I think a lot of the um I think a lot of that is to kind of just like go with tradition, quote unquote. You know, I think I think well, h- hear me out. You're Okay, looking at me okay. <laughs> <laughs> because cuz I don't know if you remember, I don't know how, I don't know um, how heavy you were into uh, games back then, but like when the 360 first came out, games that were released for both the Xbox and the 360, it was the same thing. Like I I I remember um, I remember uh, uh, Need for Speed Most Wanted, the first one. On 360, it was sixty bucks. On Xbox, it was like forty, and if it was like fifty, sixty split, that would make sense because I think that was the cap for each individual one. You know, the 360 generation was the one that introduced sixty bucks standard. But the fact that it was even lower than that, I think a little bit. I think I think part of it was admitting that the Xbox version was inferior to the newest version and i think part of it also was that they only they only put so many of that version into production because they realized that not enough people have upgraded it yet so they created only like a few copies obviously more than a few but i'm speaking you know generally and they priced it to sell so that they could just get it to those people that still are working on last gen hardware
3: while everyone else is upgrading you know what i mean does that make sense to a point, See, so I got a whole different whole different idea on this cuz it works on everything. Everything out there. Blu-ray's $5 more than your DVDs.
2: I have the same problem there, but go yeah. ahead.
3: Yeah. We've got the stigmata. You get what you pay for. The higher the price, the better the quality. Therefore, if you're getting a Blu-ray at 27.99, it's a much better picture than the DVD at well see the interesting thing about
0: that too is that you know we're doing this to compare cross-generation games you know but
3: and the thing is there the Xbox one now is the better bigger awesome thing 360s old news and inferior
0: right but look at it this way remember one of the things that uh, I th- I think it was uh, Cliff Blazinski that said with Watch Dogs, when the, not the last trailer, but the one before it, the reason that it didn't look even better than it should be is because the last generation is holding it back. So, Because remember, they're developing it simultaneously for last generation and current generation, what's now current generation, yeah. which means that they've got a watered-down the current generation because they're really just, they've got to be able to
3: They're maxing out the last one, they can't quite get that extra $10 out of it
0: Exactly, so, well because they need to they're working on the version simultaneously, so they need to water down the current generation ones in order to be able to work on the last generation ones at the same time, yeah And be able to not, like, just fuck everyone up. And that actually supports Charlie's idea. Then why don't we just go completely with the next generation of stuff? You know, uh, make it so that the games look fantastic. You know, everything looks as great. I mean, look at Infamous Second Son. PS4 exclusive. Probably the best looking game on current gen consoles right now. It looks phenomenal. Really? Yeah. It, It... You need to you just wait till you eventually see it somehow somewhere
3: because I don't think you'll actually (laughs) play it Um, When you're rolling by target and just a glance to the left
0: (laughs) So so I definitely get what you're saying where you know, it doesn't make sense to have the new um, The newer games priced more than the older ones and stuff like that But on the flip side, you know what if they what if they uh, someone came up with that argument? And then they're just like well, okay, then the last generation are gonna be more expensive because I, I think that I think that might be something that they're kind of thinking about. They don't want to lose out on money, but they realize that they can't charge more for the old ones because now it's not the superior version.
2: The thing though, is you don't see this with every game. It's like a lot, like uh, when Assassin's Creed 4 came out. It was mm-hmm. the same price, like on, on, across the board. Right. You didn't have the premium on the on the newer generation hardware. Right. And so, that's that's the other thing that confuses me too. Is it's like, do they? I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out the, the business sense behind trying to do this. And you, you, you both have brought up some good points. Um, I, I'm at the point now where it's like you know somebody somewhere figures out whatever their baseline is, and then it's one or the other. They're either charging more for their baseline on the on the current gen stuff, or they're mm-hmm. charging less for their baseline on the previous generation stuff for whatever right. reason. So I guess it kind of depends on on which it is, which we're never going to know, right? But. um you know, so in a situation where, of like the Lego games, where the Lego games, you know, they, they're they 10 bucks cheaper, the Lego movie game was the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not a, this is not, I mean, graphically speaking, and the amount of effort going in that kind of thing goes. Yeah. I can't imagine that there's much difference between the two versions of this game, right? You know, it's it's not like you know, it's it's as like we're talking about something with like the level of detail of Infamous or uh, or Assassin's Creed right. or something like that. We're, this is Lego here, no disrespect, but <laughs> it's Lego. Um, so I, I can't imagine that that this is like a, a cost saving measure. So if there's going, if if, if there is a difference, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm just having such a hard time wrapping my head around this because.
3: Well, I just thought about something, too. With the, you said Assassin's Creed. When it first came out, technically it was a $70 game, because it was 60 bucks for PS3, right? Yeah. And then you paid $10 for PS4 when it came out. For the... For the PS4 version. So now...
2: Oh, you're talking about, like, the instant upgrade thing? Yeah. Well, or, or, I mean, so, it, would all, but, it was okay. It was also 60 bucks if you bought the PS4 version flat. Yeah, but then, so you...
3: You have a $70 game for the next generation because you want it uh, early.
0: I I don't know if I'd necessarily agree with that analogy. just because you could just you could just be patient, wait 2 weeks and then just get the PS4 version flat out. Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: That that was 10 bucks for somebody to take advantage of a service. That wasn't like Oh, okay. Yeah. Cuz I don't I, I don't Yeah. $10 to be impatient? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cuz I don't even know if that money went to the publishers. <laughs> that may have been a like an Amazon charge yeah. to like upgrade I, between the two versions. Yeah, that sounds about right. Or whatever. Right. Um,
3: well that and i just thought of the thing of two like the games that don't come out on the new gens they're 60 bucks on last gen too so there's like this weird exactly like signature yeah is 60 bucks on last gen but then i can go buy and it's not on new gen but then I go buy I, I i think it's just it's a new game if it's the highest tier is 60 bucks wherever that lands and then it works its way back down depending on what it's offered on
2: but here's the thing it's it's I, and this is like my, my my core argument here it's that to me it seems like my the most important thing to Microsoft and Sony right now in terms of their, of their you know, Sony and Xbox divisions mm-hmm. should be people buying PlayStation 4s and Xbox Ones. Right. To me, it seems that the absolute best way that you can make that happen is if... The games
0: are cheaper on those platforms. Well, see, keep in mind too that you know between Sony and Microsoft, I mean, it's not necessarily up to them for the pricing of the games. I mean, for their own first-party games, sure, it's up to them. It's not
2: up to them, but I would think that they would want to like subsidize the games a little bit, like, like right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say it's
0: just like yeah, they could totally start, you know, especially between like Mo- Sony and Microsoft. If like Sony went to like. EA or something, and said, hey, we're going to give you all of this money if you make your games $10 cheaper on our console. But the problem with that is that Microsoft fires back and says, hey, that's not fair. You know, and then suddenly there's lawsuits and all sorts of crazy things.
2: Yeah, I suppose that does get into antitrust. And I, antitrust is one of those legal things that I just don't understand at all. Because it's like the whole the whole, it, the whole, whole like, thing about antitrust seems to be like, well, that's not fair. Right. It's freaking business. I mean, right. like I, I, I don't... capitalism. Hello.
3: <laughs> you know. See, what we do is, as PlayStation and Xbox, we make the current gen games twenty nine ninety nine. We leave the last gen at sixty bucks and see how many consoles we sell that week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm getting a headline
0: from the future. Uh, console sales are selling better than everything ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, here's, here's here's my here's my view on pricing just in general, not even this. I wish I wish big game makers looked more like the indie market on Steam. You look at the indie games on Steam and ev- there's price points everywhere between a buck 99 to $70 and up. It's because the indie market realizes that they can actually value their games differently, and they realize, it's just like, okay, this is only a game you're gonna get maybe an hour of gameplay out. We're gonna, you know, just toss us a buck or two, and you're good to go. Meanwhile, there are games like The Banner Saga, which you can spend dozens, maybe even hundreds of hours playing, twenty-four ninety-nine. You're speaking my dream world. See, I, I wish dollar per hour amounts. Yeah. I wish I I wish there was a way that we could just get it through big game makers' minds so that they didn't automatically charge for every brand new game fifty nine ninety nine. So they'd they'd actually peel back, assess it and go, Okay, this is only ten hours worth of gameplay and it's a platformer, let's do thirty four ninety nine. And Sony actually started doing something like this. When they came out with Sly Coop, the last Sly Cooper game on the PS3, it was priced at 40 bucks Because they realized it's just like, well, this isn't a very deep game, you know, but we want it out there and stuff like that. Well, and
3: that would play into, like, like we've said it a million times on this show, we all three, I'm pretty sure, used the, well, what would I pay for it system. Right. And a lot of first day sales are lost in this room because I'm like, that's a $30 game. Exactly. I'll wait till yeah. it's $30. bucks. we will yeah. we'll look at
0: something and we'll value yeah. it. But see, that's the if other thing. If it was thing. 30 bucks day one, you got my day one sale. See, that's the other thing, too, is that value varies so much depending on different people. Like, I'm obviously getting a ton of value out of t- Tales of Vesperia. I only paid like 12 bucks for it, but I'm getting more than my $60 worth out of it. Charlie would look at Tales of Vesperia and go like, oh, I'm not even touching it.
3: <laughs> I, I remind you, I played that game. I didn't finish it, but I played it. See? See? <laughs> <laughs> So, but that's but, also personal preference plays into that too,
0: and yeah. I and I think that's why like everyone just throws the sixty dollar sticker on everything. It's just like, yeah,
2: this fucking works, whatever. Yeah, but, so. yeah, so I I I love that idea. I'm completely behind the idea of like valuing a game based on the game.
0: But there's never going to be a publisher that's going to say that their game isn't worth
3: full price. Wait a (laughs) second, we have got episodic games coming out here. We've already got the two two two-hour game sections going, and we've already said that that's going to be the future of gaming. So let's give it hope, and maybe they'll put a dollar amount to those two-hour sections at like a nineteen (laughs) ninety-nine. Yep.
0: So basically, we all just want episodic game to, game making to just be everything, mm-hmm. and and really cheap. I'd actually, be okay
1: hey, here's with a that.
2: crazy idea. This is a little bit off. To, this is a little bit off topic. But as far as pricing games are concerned, what would you think about? Let's say the next Call of Duty is thirty bucks for the single player, uh, forty bucks for multiplayer, or sixty bucks for both. Do you think that something like that will ever happen? I wouldn't buy either of them, but yeah, well, that's, that's <laughs> not the
0: point. That would well, last some, once. Some, Some games do that. Again, most of them you see, like, on Steam, you know, or you'd see, like, you know, uh, you'd get, like, the campaign free and then the multiplayer you pay for and stuff like that. I'd be
3: totally for that, personally. Oh, you're going to kill off your single-person campaign. Because then all of a sudden, Call of Duty sold 390 million multiplayer copies, six campaign copies, four <laughs> copies of the single campaign. Well, I question- one of which was
2: given to a guy who worked in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> I question, I question that though, because I think that I, I'm, I don't, I, I have no research to back this mm. up, but I think that there's probably a fair amount of people out there that might play the single the single player campaigns, but they don't want to play sixty dollars for a six hour game. You I- and oh, your five know. buddies, yeah. <laughs> Six copies again. No, <laughs> your, I, your, I,
0: your sarcasm I, is noted, but I, I, I agree with Charlie. The problem is that I'm I'm also agreeing with Goats. Like I I noticed that you know if Call of Duty comes out and you paid for multiplayer and single player separately, you know people just like oh sweet twenty bucks off the game and they'll just go straight to multiplayer, and that's fine because yeah, but then when nobody buys a single player except for you, me, and four other people, then suddenly no one's making single player I'm campaigns anymore. I'm questioning
2: that that's the case. I'm not saying it was. I, I I I'm not saying at all that it'll sell as well as the multiplayer. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but I think, in my opinion, I think you guys are underestimating the people who would cons- who would consider buying the single player. Is if, if it wasn't strapped to a ton of you know a ton but, of money and stuff that they're never going to use. But you have to remember, at that point, was it worth? what it cost them to put together the campaign as far as
0: voiceovers and sound effects and level design and all that development
3: and double the packaging. Cause now you have two discs out there and two pieces of well, plastic. At this
2: point it'd probably be digital strictly. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can buy them t- together for the 60 bucks on disc or individually for yeah, download. Okay. I can see that. Um, yeah, there is that, but oh, then, wow. but then we come back to, I, I, I'm shooting myself in the in the foot when I say this, why if it's not, if it's not, You know, if it doesn't pay off to make the single players in the first place, then why are they still doing it? Yeah. But don't doubt them that. (laughs) Because that's my that no I I know, but that's my point. Yeah. Is is the fact that they are still doing it, I think I think reinforces yeah, I know. Um the fact that they are still doing it, I think reinforces that there are I think enough people interested otherwise they wouldn't be doing it. Right.
3: Charlie, to answer your question, the reason they haven't taken away the single player yet is because Call of Duty fall of the titans
2: has not come out yet <laughs> <laughs> which on that note I'm just saying that there there were a fair amount of people in the players club who said that they weren't going to buy titanfall once they found out they didn't have a single player no
3: yeah. so. two sides of every coin we'll see which side coins out
0: oh, yeah. well, pricing is never going to be good unless it's free Xbox fi- or PS5 is going to be
2: 75 bucks a game <laughs> shut your dirty mouth <laughs>
0: And with that note, let's see what you guys said about the pricing of video games,
2: uh, folks. As we come back, uh, I I I feel like I should mention just for uh, just for understanding uh, the uh, sudden change in uh, Mike's voice from well, 30 seconds ago your time <laughs> is uh, we ran out of time while we were recording, and so you're actually hearing this now after watching WrestleMania, oh. and. Uh, Mike's a little. Uh, I'm sad. S- I'm so
0: sad. You about guys. the results. <laughs> I'm so sad. You get an Undertaker lost. He's not supposed to lose. He's, fu- the fucking Brock Lesnar of all people just. God damn it! Just, I hate everything. Aw.
2: Anyway, I t- I tried to hug him while we were while while we were watching, and, and so it, it, did half of his. Animal Army. Yes, they all came. They they they're, they're very good at sensing when something is wrong with somebody. But so but, but there was no but, consoling you.
0: But oh, well, I'll I'll get over it in the year twenty seventy six. <laughs> it's a very specific prediction. <laughs> I'm making an alarm for it on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> it says, "Stop being butthurt." <laughs> January first, twenty seventy six. Okay. Anyway, our mailbag question this week was what do you guys think of the price of video games nowadays? Do you think they're fair? Do you think they should be changed? Uh, Danny says, video game prices are better than they've ever been, and it's probably only going to get cheaper as we transition to an all-digital format. Games used to cost a lot when expensive cartridges with circuit boards and batteries were the norm. Digital content goes on sale to absurdly low prices all the time, and gamers can get great deals if they're just patient. I bought South Park The Stick of Truth for 25% off before it was even released, and that's the most I've spent on a game in a long time. I typically try to wait until games are under $15. Well, see, that's the norm for PC gaming, but console players are kind of left in the dust at this point, even Right. The digital games starting to become.
2: I, th- I think one of the reasons for that is that the PC is just much more prone to piracy, and so they have to be much more price competitive. That's true. On PC, that's true. Uh, Matt from versus the net
0: says, "Remember when certain Super Nintendo games cost seventy bucks? I do. Game prices now are extremely fair for the playing time you get out of them, especially Madden for me." Yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, matches gets his. $60 worth out of Madden within a
2: week. Yeah. <laughs> do you uh do you remember do you remember the 7th guest? That uh that CD-ROM like it was like one of the first CD-ROM games to come out. Uh,
0: I I don't, but I know uh I, I know my friend Tommy Tallerico did music for it.
2: Oh, wow, that's very cool. Um it's uh, it was like a puzzle-solving game. You're like exploring like a haunted house and mm-hmm. you're solving they're puzzles. They're making a new one, I understand. Uh, oh, I did not know that. From but... uh well, they're kickstarting it. Oh, cool. Uh or did when the 7th guest came out, mm-hmm. $99. Really? Yes.
0: Huh. I distinctly remember paying $75 for Pokemon Stadium 2 on the N64. Wow. That was, yeah, and that was when I was like nine. Did so I with... saved my allowance for like a whole year. Did <laughs> it come with a peripheral or something?
2: No. Why was that so much?
0: That's first party Nintendo games for you back then. Majora's Mask was the same thing. It came out really? around the same time. It was 75 bucks. Oh, I don't remember that. Okay. I, I saved my pennies. I did a lot of chores around the house oh. that week. Uh, And, of course, Songbird answers our question this week as well. Uh, Dear Viking Jesus Goat and Technotronic or mailbag answer. On average, I think they're okay. But I find the subject gets grayer when it expands to movie games or games that are aimed for children and their parents buy them regardless of how bad it is, thus supporting a flow of garbage. I like that analogy. (laughs) A flow of garbage. Anyway. Songbird asks: Have you guys seen the new trailer for Mario Kart Eight? Rainbow Road sixty four for the win. Considering how many tracks the series has, can you guys come up with an additional track you believe should exist? Ooh.
2: Did they do crossover stuff in Mario Kart at all? Such as like a Zelda level.
0: They've not, and that was actually what I was thinking. They should do like the occasional like you know like a Zelda or Metroid level or something like that. Goat, you're quiet over there. I'm half awake. Um, Songbird says, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've heard Microsoft has just released the new assistant Cortana. Seems a bit unfair we're glorifying the female assistant, so who would be a good or bad male replacement for Cortana? Uh, Jarvis,
2: clearly. (laughs) Uh, Google now, you can actually address as Jarvis and it will will answer. I actually remember when you told me that and my (laughs) mind was briefly blown. Yeah.
0: Uh, the second part of Burial at Sea wasn't bad, which Charlie agrees with. Uh,
2: but it wasn't that great either considering I'm not a fan of a I'm not much of a stealth fan. Oh yeah, I didn't even I didn't even touch on that at all. It it's majorly a, it's it's majorly a stealth game. Like like not even really? just, yeah, not even just like an action game with stealth elements thrown in. It's you're playing as if you've been following it at all this this should not be a mm-hmm. spoiler. You're actually playing as Elizabeth and for reasons she doesn't have any of her powers anymore Mm -hmm. like you know her her tearing powers and all that right and so she is as she has the the you know the the capabilities of uh, just a normal human female Mm -hmm. and so you know considering that she is amongst the world of the splicers in rapture Mm -hmm. um you know she just doesn't have the you know she's uh you know she she had you know she collects uh, you know the weapons that you, that you remember and things like that but you know she can't carry as much ammo and um, you know her she doesn't have anywhere near as much uh, you know many hit points so to speak mm-hmm. um, and so you really do have to like crouch around it's like to the point where like if you walk on glass it'll make noise and like they'll hear you and stuff like that like it's it's like a straight up stealth game it's a little screwy because um you know it's to the point where like if you step on glass somebody that's like 300 feet away from you on the other side of the room will hear you so like. Huh. It definitely is like they tried to cram stealth elements into a game that wasn't designed for it in the first place. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting.
0: Uh, where was I? Second part of See, was, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great a stealth fan. However, whoever programmed the AI apparently thinks it's a good idea to walk up and stand right in a pile of your recently killed allies. What dumb AI moments <laughs> have you experienced? <laughs> uh, aside from that happening in like every
2: stealth game ever. Um, yeah, Arkham.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, the thing that comes to mind first was, uh, uh, I remember when I was playing the first Gears of War, I mean, the, the Locusts took a lot of damage, but a lot of times they would just kind of stand there and soak it up like a bullet sponge. So, uh, and they wouldn't, like, b- do a lot of cover or anything like that. They'd just kind of stand there just like, shoot things at me, you know, stuff like that. It was weird. Goat, can you think of anything?
3: Resident Evil 5? Yeah. That broad wanted to die. <laughs> like anytime, oh, uh, Shiva was her name. I think I, I I I I can't even say half the stuff I called. I don't know her real name, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, hey, I got a pistol. Should we stand here and look at you? No, <laughs> that isn't the sight of the pistol. <laughs> So that was the mailbag
0: for this week. Thank you guys for answering, and thank you, Songber, for your email. Um, As for our question for next week, um, we're going to talk about um, just things that have been in video games that we're just all kind of tired about. So our mailbag question for you next week is uh, name an objective or or some kind of gameplay element that you're sick of seeing in video games. Well, that's everything. Uh, I'm going to... uh, I'm going to go home and cry into my pillow that Undertaker is no longer undefeated at WrestleMania. But until then, um, so uh, for those of you who heard a couple weeks ago, um, I'm going to try to do the social media plugs at the end um, as different characters, which I terrified everyone
2: with, uh, starting I, off as I, I'm Elmo. I'm lobbying for no more um, children's icon <laughs> well, d- well, don't worry.
0: I'm going the complete opposite of Elmo this week. Um, and since it's relevant, I'm going to do the social media plugs as the immortal Hulk Hogan.
3: <laughs> He's not immortal. <laughs> uh, it, 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 I, I know that. It's it's just a, anyway.
1: So let me tell you something, brother. If you like what you hear on Gamerhead Radio, you can like us on Facebook or Twitter at Gamerhead Radio. I'm at Viking Games Live. He's at Sir Goatworth. He's at T E K Charlie.
2: Aren't you at Hulk Hogan?
1: <laughs> Shut up, brother. <laughs> We're also on Stitcher Radio and iTunes and our own fucking website and Google Play, which is really fucking awesome, dude. And if you want to get a hold of us at all, you can email us at editors at GamerHeadRadio.com. If you want to call us, call us at 949-26-GAMER. And with that, whatcha gonna do, brother, when GamerHead runs wild on you? Tell you something, brother. If you like Gamerhead Radio, you can listen to us on. Vi-
0: you can't listen to us. Hang on.
3: <laughs>
0: Silver Hang on.
1: Dome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy to be recording this podcast in the Silver Dome Super Dome. Super, not. Sil- it's right. Th- anyway, Easter Egg done. <laughs>